Next on BYU Sports Nation, next man up. Christian Stewart, here's looking at you and the future of Cougar football. ESPN's Trevor Manich on how BYU gets a pass rush. Plus, our top five, non-P5, like the top 25, all mixed up. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, October 6th. I am Spencer Linton. Teamed up with the Plaid Patriot, Jerem Jordan. Thanks, hombre. <laughs> hey, uh, on the TV side, new open today. New theme music at the top. It's fun, kind of a, a kind of a rebrand, so we're excited. Like the BYU team, post-Taysom Hill. Exciting week. I'm glad BYU's playing on a Thursday. Just kind of, okay, let's get to the next game. Let's see what happens with the Cougars. Not a lot of time to prepare, and I think it's a good thing for BYU right now. Yeah, the Open looks great, sounds great. Intriguing week as BYU now becomes the first college football game of the week after Taysom Hill goes out with a season-ending injury against UCF in a state they've never won. Against Utah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons to talk about. Let's go. Let's play the game today. Let's play the game today. No, you're right. Let's wait. I was thinking about what happened on Friday night, and uh, it was so late when we got done, and we had to be back here early on Saturday morning, that uh, our producer, Ben Bagley, and myself just kind of made the decision, instead of driving home, because we both live you know, half an hour or more away, that we were going to sleep at the building. Hey, I don't know if I've ever had a more pathetic moment. Right now, HR is like, sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> I, any, any possibility of you doing that again is now over. I, I was so tired. <laughs> you I, just ruined it for I everyone. I fell else. asleep in my chair at like 1.30, woke up and thought I should go downstairs and sleep on a couch in, in one of the green rooms. I was too tired. So I laid down my towel and slept on my towel in the fetal position. <laughs> you sound so pathetic. <laughs> I was like, that is, that is horrible. Gr- granted, I think many BYU fans were like you. Fell asleep with a towel to wipe the in tears. The, in the fetal, Friday night. In the fetal position. Yeah, Nancy Kerrigan said it best. Oh, Why? Oh, my goodness. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Started off with today's Twitter question. I know everybody has an opinion on this. How does the BYU offense change now? Use the hashtag BYUSN at SM Fielding. More J Swag Daddy, more deep ball, and more slants to Jordan Leslie and Devon Blackman. Certainly they're going to cater to the new quarterback. That is common logic. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout on this Monday, even if you don't feel like it. It's time for what's trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Onward, Christian Soldier. Quarterback. Uh? <laughs> the quarterback, y'all. I want to be the one in the game, scoring the touchdowns. I, I'm not okay with being mediocre. I'm not okay with being a backup. I want to be the guy. And that's why I came here. That's what I've always done is work my way up to be the guy. That was Christian Stewart in fall camp. I thought that was Brian Logan about this show. <laughs> Well played, Jerem. <laughs> well, now, game number six. Christian, you're the man. Yes. If there's a guy that's ready to step up to the challenge, it's me. That's why I came here. That's what I'm about. I'm a leader. I'm a confident guy in my, my ability, and I know my teammates 
have that same confidence in me and I could feel it tonight. And yeah, uh, we made a few mistakes here and there, but it, I honestly believe that um, my team has my back, I have their back, and going forward, we're going to do some special things this season. That was after Friday night's 35-20 demoralizing, crushing loss to Utah State. Confidence. That still doesn't compute with me. Swag, I know. Wait, what happened? Oh, that wasn't a dream? That was real? That was real. Yeah, that so was Logan real. Brian Logan told us Saturday. Who is Christian Stewart? What's his story? David Nixon told us on Friday night in 2008, Christian Stewart was the scout team quarterback on a team that David played on. A walk-on until this summer. Christian Stewart played a couple years at BYU, uh, transferred to Snow, torched everybody. Yeah, didn't he get played, single, real, played really well. 39 touchdowns or something. He played really well. Uh, you know, backup last year uh, with Ammon Olsen. Now, is Ammon Olsen the one that's like, oh, man, today? He transferred to Southern Utah. He would be the starter, you'd think, or at least would have competed with Christian Stewart. So Christian Stewart is a guy that went to Timpanogos High School from Warren, wanted to play, play at BYU. Was that Snow? Didn't even know that, didn't even want to come back to BYU. Had some bitter feelings, he told us, in fall camp. But Jay Elmer was in his ward randomly, uh, or the same ward that Christian Stewart was in. Last year, I think... Uh, after the season or during the season or something and said, dude, we need you back at BYU. And Stewart decided that he'd come back, and now he's the starting quarterback. What were Taysom Hill's passing numbers in his first game against Virginia or even at Texas? Wasn't he like 13 for 40 against Texas last year? Texas was not like nine. Yeah. Granted, he ran for 259. The reason I bring that up is Christian 10 for 29. He played a little more than two quarters. He I, threw 29 passes. Throw it out the window, dude. Exactly. Throw it out the window. Because exactly. you're down by 14 and you're asked to make plays. It's going to be so different this week for Christian Stewart. Granted, a short week. But, okay, let's tailor the offense to you. I want to say something. Christian Stewart's a good running quarterback. Because Taysom Hill's the best in the country, you'll never think that Christian's a good running quarterback. He's athletic. But, but he is. He can run the rock. He was asked to throw the ball. So BYU's offense was not the same when Christian came in because they were down double digits the whole time. They were down 18 at one point. So Christian's trying to make a play. Trust me, if Taysom had been in a similar situation, you might have seen similar numbers in terms of passing. That's not, good, that's not a good sample of who Christian Stewart is. We will see the real Christian Stewart this Thursday. He threw 29 passes in a little more than two quarters. The playbook becomes extremely limited when you're down 14 mid-game yes. in a severely adverse situation. So hold judgment on the Let him run the offense when it's 0-0 with a full arsenal. And he can hand off to Jamal. And he's had a week of practice. BYU yes. chose not to do that because of time. Let me take you back to the opening drive of the second half after BYU's defense holds. This is a good drive. There were a couple penalties that aided the drive, but they get down to the nine-yard line. He throws an out that gets tipped by a fingertip on a Utah State defender, and it ricochets off the shoulder pads arm of Jordan Leslie, and it's intercepted. It was just one of those nights. At that point, I thought, you know, it's it's just not BYU's night. Yes. If they score a touchdown there, who knows what happens in that it's game? It's a single possession game, yeah. and your the defense uh, got a stop and forced a punt. After that, you know, you could have tied the game conceivably. That's in the past. Utah State won the game. They nothing outplayed we, B- BYU. Nothing, yeah, they were better than BYU Friday night, no doubt. It, whether Taysom Hill's in the game or not, I think Utah State wins that game. So now you move on. 
And how does the offense change the Twitter question? To me, and great conversation about that this morning is, I think BYU is going to use more of the offensive weapons they have than they did before. Taysom Hill is a tremendous player, the best player on BYU's team. But now BYU can maybe distribute the ball to some of these playmakers that we've been talking about for 10 months. Jordan Leslie, Mitch Matthews, Nick Kurtz. Did he play? Is Redshirt still available? Not sure. According to the book, he didn't get in the game. So we'll see if BYU still redshirts him or not. Uh, it sounded like he got in, but I'm, technically it looked like he didn't. Get Jamal Williams, Algernon Brown, all these guys. Get them the rock. Don't lean on Christian Stewart. That's why the Seahawks are so good. They don't ask Russell Wilson to make plays all Marshawn the time. Marshawn Lynch, Percy Harvin. Make a play when you need it against the Broncos in overtime. Th- two third and threes, he rushes for the first down. That's when he needed to make a play, occasionally with his arm. Christian Stewart can do that. He is an athletic quarterback enough that he can do uh, some good things rushing the ball. He's, no, he's not Taysom, but nobody's Taysom. He was so riled up, too. I mean, he's, there was no touch on the ball. It's, it's all a frozen he rope. He threw three interceptions. It's time for 20. Stop. Yeah, he's trying to make a play. Stop. Christian Stewart's way better than what you saw Friday. I'll tell you that right now. What's the mindset but, of a backup but quarterback? But we need to see it. Yeah. What's the mindset of the backup quarterback, now the starting quarterback? What do you say to him? Who better to ask than Blaine Fowler, the guy who came in the 1984 de facto national championship game for an injured Robbie Bosco and had Mike Holmgren talking to him. What did Mike say to Blaine? Listen to this. The coaching staff needs to tell him exactly what Mike Holmgren told me when I went into the Michigan game. He just said, okay, this is your game now. It's your ball, and we're going to call plays to take advantage of what you do well. We're going to tailor this thing for you. And that's exactly what BYU needs to do. We're going to tailor this thing for you. I don't think it changes a ton more, though. I, I really don't. Christian Stewart has been a Taysom-like quarterback his whole time, a, a dual-threat kind of guy. Better passer. The one thing I can guarantee you he will not do is run as much yes. as Taysom. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 17.2. Taysom Mill averaged 17.2 carries per game. Where do those touches go now? I, I want to see more from Jamal. 19.3 carries for Jamal right now, 5.1 yards a pop. He was 5.8 on Friday. I would love to see Jamal up to 25 carries a game. He's not getting a ton of receptions. That would also be something that I wonder about. Think about that. 25 carries per game at 5.1 yards per carry. He's averaging right now 98.8 yards per Okay, so if he's game. getting 25 carries, he's going 125-ish per game. Awesome. Give Jamal a few more Lean carries. on him. Lean on Jamal. Christian Stewart doesn't need to be the hero, doesn't need to be the guy. He's the quarterback, but that, he's not going to be used in the same way Taysom was. BYU was all in on Taysom, and we saw what happened when Taysom wasn't there. We'll ask Trevor Maddich of ESPN how he thinks those extra touches that Taysom was using will be distributed across BYU football. I can tell you one thing. Christian's going to be throwing the deep ball, just like you saw on Friday night. Because he's a better deep ball passer than Taysom. He's a better pure passer. That was evident through fall camp. Like, the dude can chuck the rock. And that is going to be a welcome thing for the bomb squad, right? I think this is good because BYU does have playmakers. They have guys that can stretch the field. I'm very confident in BYU, the players, the skill position players that BYU has. And now maybe it opens up to these guys. The offense leans on them more than Taysom's legs, where Taysom did a great job of, listen, I'm going to trust my legs more than my arm right now on this third down and three, and I'm going to get us the first down, and we're going to win the game. 
by eight against Houston, by eight against Virginia. That's what was happening. How does the BYU offense change now? Let's go to the Twitter. You've got tweets. For those of you that can see that on TV, it looks like it's a small world. <laughs> For those of you that can't, you cannot. <laughs> At some point, I'm guessing you will. At Cougars Forever. Time to get back to old-fashioned BYU aerial attack. Tighten up the timing and accuracy and throw the ball deep. I disagree. BYU's strength is rushing the ball. Granted, Still that, Jamal Williams. Granted, that was with Taysom. But I think you need to... You, you don't say, backup QB, come in and make a play. That's what happened Friday, and it didn't work out. You lean on the rush game. You ah. lean on Jamal. Yeah. More tweets on the way. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. It's another Maddich Monday. How do the Cougars get a pass rush? And what can Christian Stewart do to make this a at least a 10-win season? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan keeping it real in Studio B. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 8 Eastern time, after further review is on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon break down what happened against Utah State and how BYU turns it around as they prepare for UCF Thursday night. You think they'll have anything to talk about? Uh, Yes, I do think they will have lots to talk about. (laughs) We have plenty to talk about on today's show, starting with our Twitter question, how does the BYU offense change now? It's a Monday, and that means it's a Trevor Maddich Monday. ESPN College Football Insider, BYU National Champion, joining us at the beginning of the week. Trevor, the question now is for BYU, what happens next? Well, next, they have a short week a bunch of new players that have to get ready to contribute at key positions on both sides of the ball, and they have to go play at a UCF team that even though they have lost some games this year, they returned most of the squad that last year won a BCS Bowl. They beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl. And so this is a, this is a tough way to have to follow up a tough loss and a tough injury situation. Taysom Hill out for the year. What do you think this means for BYU going forward mentally? Well, mentally, what I think it'll mean is that they'll rally. I don't see BYU as a mentally fragile team. I see them as a bunch of tough guys. And what tough guys tend to do when you lose your leader is say, oh, no, the leader's no longer here. Taysom is no longer here to bail us out, to make the play. We have to step up ourselves to help Christian Stewart. And so I expect in a lot of ways BYU to get better. Uh, now, at the quarterback position, you don't get better by losing Taysom. But I think at all the other positions, guys will step it up because mentally now you no longer have that crutch to know that you have one of the best players in the country to handle the load for you. How do they get better without Taysom Hill? Efficiency. When you talk about just the offense now, Christian Stewart, is a senior. He's been around a long time. And he's actually a better pure passer than Taysom is. He's mobile enough, but he's not a running threat like Taysom. But the thing is, this BYU offense has tremendous skill players. The receiver position has been upgraded. And they provide matchup problems for teams in ways that they just haven't before. You've got big, tall guys like Mitch Matthews 
and Jordan Leslie. You've got fast guys like Devon Blackman. You can put all kinds of different matchup threats all over the field. And I think what you'll see now is instead of having a playmaker at quarterback, you'll have a distributor at quarterback. And Christian Stewart understands that the worst thing he can do is try to replace Taysom. The best thing he can do now is make the stars of this team, those receivers, and then Jamal Williams, the running back. That's what they need to do. And so I think that's the difference you'll see. Instead of a quarterback that holds the ball, buys time, makes plays, you'll see a quarterback that treats the ball like it's on fire, and he's got to get it out of his hands so he doesn't get burned. And actually, that will be a good thing for BYU's offense. And a lot of people, uh, you know, looked at Christian Stewart's performance and said, well, I'm not so sure. I want to see Christian Stewart on an even playing field where he's not down 14 and asked to make a lot of plays. And the guy that BYU, I think, will lean on is Jamal Williams, averaging 19 carries per game through the four games he's played this season. How, ma- how many more carries do you think Jamal gets a game now that Taysom Hill's gone? You know, I don't think he needs to get more than 19 or 20. Hmm. I think I mean, he could. That's fine. He's a big, strong workhorse of a back. But I think really uh, short passes equal a run in a lot of ways. And I think what teams will tend to do is expect that Jamal Williams will now have to be the guy. And they'll try to stop him first and force the ball into Christian Stewart's hand. That's what I would do. I would make the backup quarterback beat me. Yes. Well, if that's the case, what you don't want to do is, is run into the teeth of the defense all the time. You need to keep them on it. But what you want to do then is take what's given you. And this is why I think Stewart, with a week of practice, like he talked about, being the number one guy, getting starters reps and things like that, will be in a position to be able to pick up the efficiency very, very quickly. Now, yes, teams stack the box against Taysom Hill. But in Taysom Hill, you had a Heisman caliber quarterback uh, as a running quarterback and a good passer as well. So I think now it's time to, to take the passing lanes that you're given, given that you've got a quarterback and receivers that should have uh, an opportunity to be able to make plays. Let me follow it up with this. Taysom Hill is averaging 17 rushes per game. Where do those touches go now, in your opinion? Well, they'll go to, they'll go to Jamal Williams. They'll go to Adam Enake. They'll go to different folks. They'll throw the ball to the running backs more. Uh, but... When it comes down to balance, people tend to look at stats like, well, gee, when they run the ball 25 times or more, they're, they've won 18 of their last 20 games. Or That's a hypothetical, but things like that. But it's, it's not that simple because very often what you're doing is making decisions as to whether to run or throw based on what the defense presents you. Sometimes you'll throw the ball most of the time. Sometimes you'll run it most of the time. And BYU is not good enough to line up and overpower a team with their offensive line and Jamal Williams when they stack the box. They're just not good enough to do that. With Taysom Hill in there, that's a different story. But without Taysom, they're not good enough. And I think it would be a mistake for them to try. So if the defense stacks the box, throw the ball. If that means you throw it 50 times, throw it. If the defense backs off the cover of the pass, run the ball. If that means you run it 50 times. So, And that's one thing that Robert and I, the offensive coordinator, has shown a great talent for doing, is matching his scheme and his play calling to two things. One is the players that he has available in their skill set, and the other, what the defense is presenting. And so I think you'll see a lot of take what they give rather than impose our will. 
ESPN college football analyst, 11-year NFL veteran Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Look, I, I know that Taysom Hill was the catalyst of the BYU offense. Everybody is talking about, well, well now what do they do? I personally don't think the offense is the biggest issue for BYU moving forward. I look at what BYU's defense has done the past two games, and there are some serious concerns there. The lack of a pass rush, only one sack in the last three games. Trevor, what is the biggest concern in your mind for BYU's football team moving forward? Well, you're exactly right. They're, they're not able to defend the pass. And the, the, the question is, is it the lack of pass rush that's causing the secondary to get torched? Or is the secondary getting torched, not giving the pass rushers time to get there? I think there's a little bit of both, but I blame mostly the, the pass rush. You know, I tweeted out early in this game that a point of emphasis for BYU was to get more pressure on the quarterback with just four rushing without having to blitz. Well, they were not able to do that. And so right now I think that personnel doesn't allow them to do that. With Bronson Kafusi being iffy in terms of uh, injury, uh, Alani Fua now is, is tweaked. There's all kinds of reasons why now uh, I don't expect BYU just to be able to overpower one-on-one pass protection. So you'll have to see them get more uh, risky, more aggressive in terms of blitzing in order to get that because what's been proven over the last couple of weeks is that if, there, if there's no pass rush, if there's no pressure on the quarterback, even a backup quarterback like Utah State trotted out there can torch BYU secondary deep. And that's something that they can't afford to happen. Do you think about, do you consider, if you're Nick Hell, uh, maybe we move Bronson Kafusi back to defensive end and put a different playmaker up there and try and generate something off the D-line just to mix it up? Or, hey, we're going to disguise our coverages and blitz uh, you know, more randomly? What, how do you get a pass rush? Yeah, well, you have to bring extra people. You know, and you have, to, you have to throw in different kinds of stunts and things like that. But ultimately, right now, they're just not good enough. They're just not good enough. If Alani Fuller and Bronson Kapusi are both healthy, then there's all kinds of ways they can pressure the quarterback. And I would not drop Kapusi to defensive end necessarily, just because when he's standing up, you can move him around to find a matchup. Remember what Kyle Van Noy has done over the last several years. Sometimes he would rush off the edge, but other times he'd, he'd find a spot along that offensive line where there was a weak link in the pass protection. Let's say the left guard was the weak link. Right. Well, he'd end up rushing there. And I think they can do that. But without those two guys healthy at the same time, they've got a problem and they've got to, they've got to blitz. The problem with blitzing is now you hang out the secondary in more man coverage. So there will be a lot of risk coming up for BYU, and I think there will be a lot of reward. They'll get the quarterbacks, but there will be times when they'll get burned over the top as well. And that's, that's the danger when you don't have your top two guys healthy at the same time that can get to the pass. It's a Maddich Monday on BYU Sports Nation with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Trevor, when you look at BYU and their core objectives, Bronco Mendenhall has labeled three every year that he's been the head coach, finishing the top 25, win 10 games, and win a bowl game. Those are still within reach. Does this team have what it takes, in your opinion, to reach all three of those objectives without Taysom Hill and with the struggling defense that they've had for the past few weeks? Well, it's all relative, isn't it? You know, we were talking before about the, the nature of the, the schedule, how it's not strong enough for them to go undefeated and get an automatic berth in the top four, things like that. Well, now all of a sudden that works in the BYU's favor, doesn't it? Because now to get into the New Year's Six Bowls would be difficult, very difficult, 
the top four is completely out of the question at this point. But to still win 10 games, they could still do it. Because Boise is not the Boise that they've been. They're still tough. But they're not up to the standard that they've been a few years ago. This will be a tough game at UCF. But if BYU can win one of those two games, then there's no reason to think they couldn't win 10 in the regular season. And that could add an 11th in a bowl game. So, yes, BYU is good enough to do that. But I think this game showed you uh, one of the reasons why it's so difficult for anybody, anybody, to go undefeated. Because you can't account for an opposing team playing lights out on a given game. When you lose your starting quarterback early in the game to injury, things like that happen to a lot of teams. Maybe not the starting quarterback, but other key players. You have, what was it, five of the top eight, four or five of the top eight lost Nuts. this weekend. It's crazy. So Alabama, who I thought was the best team in the country, lost. Texas A&M, who a lot of people have in their top four right coming into this weekend, lost. It's, it's crazy. Oregon lost to unranked Arizona. Oklahoma. Oklahoma went out to TCU. Oklahoma, people have in their top four you know, coming into this weekend. TCU ranked number 25. Oklahoma lost. It is so difficult for anybody to go undefeated. And, and I want to point this out because this, this is important. In 1984, we went undefeated won the national championship. We had a lot of help from other teams. But I think the myth has grown over the, over the years that we just blew everybody out. Well, guess what? We didn't. We had a couple of desperate comebacks. We had games that we should have lost, but the other team didn't make a play. I mean, we had miracles work on our favor, just like Auburn had a bunch of miracles work for their favor to get to the national championship game last year. It is really hard to go undefeated. You need a lot of luck. And it's the worst luck of all when you've got a Heisman candidate quarterback who has a season-ending injury early in a game when you're playing a rival who's playing at the top of their game. That, it's very difficult. So BYU, it feels terrible right now. But BYU can still reach all those goals that Bronco Mendenhall has that you mentioned, and this can still be a special season. But what they've got to do is have a great practice, and then another great practice, and then go win the next game. Trevor, great to talk to you. Really intrigued to see what happens between BYU and UCF. The first college football game this week, Thursday night on ESPN. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. In just a few minutes, a BYU football player will join us live after practice to talk about what happened on Monday, what kind of improvements they're seeing, if they are seeing improvements. I really like the fact that Trevor brought up, without hesitation, this team will rally. I don't see BYU as a mentally fragile team. Your quarterback goes down. Oh, you lose your perfect season. Double. Ugh. That's about as bad as it gets, right? How does I this can't team think of respond? A worse, I can't think of a worse situation than losing to Utah State, undefeated season gone, ranking gone, Taysom Mills out for the season. Jimmy Carter was the president of the United States the last time BYU lost to Utah State in Provo. You know what's unfortunate? That that happened the game that Jim McMahon has his jersey retired because the feel in the stadium was just weird. Everyone bombed. Yeah. And then this great moment with Jim McMahon. uh, You know, you celebrate his career, but it just wasn't as exciting as it would have been had BYU had a lead. BYU has this amazing opportunity to rediscover something through Christian Stewart that's been gone for a while. And that's the ability to chuck the ball around the field. That's what you look to. They still have Jamal Williams. 
who is now the horse, if he wasn't before. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we go live to BYU football practice. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, broadcasting on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, and on BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes, or you can subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. There are like 74 ways to listen to the show on demand. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I overshot that one. We've been talking a lot about Take Your Fandom to South Beach, right? The contest is over. It's over. It happens Saturday. We will announce the winner tomorrow. Amanyana on BYU Sports Nation. Are you pumped? Not a, not about the fact that they had to throw in that graphic one more time <laughs> of your uh, nice tank top. That's awesome. Hey, uh, affectionately called the mankini. Yeah, mankini. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. By the way, uh, countdown to kickoff this Thursday, six thirty Eastern time, four thirty Mountain time. These, uh, you can reserve a seat to be in the studio audience in Studio C for that right now. That opened up about half an hour ago. BYUtv.org slash audience. BYUtv.org slash audience. You can reserve a seat or just show up, eight and up. Come hang out, free pizza at halftime. You get on TV, watch the game on a 27-foot big screen. There are no negatives with this. Literally <laughs> zero. Rob Lowe's character on... Uh, on why can I not remember it? Oh, my gosh. The direct TV. Oh, no. You're talking about... Why have I forgotten 30? this no. with Leslie, Leslie Nope? I don't remember. How have I forgotten this? I can't, uh, I can't remember it. Parks, Parks and, and Rec. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well... Ruined my thing there. What he were you going to say now? He would say literally Li- nothing negative. Li- Li- literally. Literally. Literally nothing negative. <laughs> so sign up for that if you want to hang out. Wow. Even Jerem Jordan has his moments with the, one of the pop culture kings. I'm not a pop culture king. Listen, you I'm a are, prince. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> my, my bad. Resetting today's trending topics. Next man up for BYU football. Yeah, get to the next one. Christian Stewart. What happens now for the Cougars? Who knows? Jimmer Fredette scores 17 yeah. points for the New Orleans Pelicans. Hashtag exhibition game. Still. No, that's a great start. It's, it's his great. debut with New Orleans. So there, there's this highlight video that you tweeted out. And there was no, <laughs> there was there, 17 points from Jimmer leads the Pelicans, right? Headline on ESPN.com. There's one assist from Jimmer and no buckets. <laughs> what the heck? Who cut that highlight together? <sighs> he leads the team and there's an assist highlight? Yeah. Come on. That's the way it is with Jameer Fredette. <laughs> John Reed, Times Picayune. What up, brother? Yeah. That, that was, was fun. That was a really fun interview. Yeah. <laughs> Women's volleyball. Hey, they're ranked 10th in the country. Swept Santa Clara Saturday after the Broncos had upset 23rd-ranked San Diego on the road. BYU put the hammer down on them in the Smithfield house. Alexa Gray continues to be awesome. Her, She's her, good at volleyball. Her kill swing is like poetry in motion. It kind of reminds me in a way, and you might think this is blasphemous, of the way I feel about when Ken Griffey Jr. took a home run swing. It's just how, pretty to how watch. How dare you? It's just pretty to watch. How dare you? Yeah, I'm, yeah, Don't I'm you ever there. say that again I'm, I'm in going my presence. There. How does the BYU football the offense kid. change now? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Crazy Coog Fanatic, don't need major changes. Christian Stewart and receivers will benefit from starter reps at practice. Cupboard is not completely empty. There are playmakers all over the place around Christian Stewart. That's why I have some confidence that BYU can not restore, get back to the level they were, but that they can still be good. 
One more tweet, and then we are going to unveil the latest top five non-P5. Oh, I can't wait! At Cougar Fan, I was going to answer, but all my responses were bitter and sarcastic. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Apparently, I'm not over <laughs> Friday yet. <laughs> like the top 25 rankings, our top five non-P5 all messed up! Let's do it. It's the top five non-P5 power rankings on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, top five non Where's your man Kenny for this? Let's start it off <laughs> with a newcomer. Debuting in the top five non-P5 at number five is... Memphis. The Memphis Tigers. Huh? Yeah, that's right. At three and two, they have quietly put together some impressive performances. They're two, they have two losses. And you're like, well, how, do, how are they in the top five? They have two losses. By seven at UCLA. And by 21 at Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, How who awesome just beat Alabama. If Memphis is five. What happened to the non-P5s? Oh, they're, Come on! They're a good football team. They're, they are a good football team. They will compete for the American. Listen to me. I'm tell, I am telling you, they will compete. One they team. might play BYU in the Miami Beach Bowl. That, Seriously. That sounds amazing. They destroyed Cincinnati <laughs> on Saturday. Gunnar Kiel got Cincinnati. hurt in the first half. Ooh. Cincy, bye. Number four, Colorado State. The Rams. Oh, the Mountain, Mountain West, West Conference represent. love. Four and one. They've beaten two P5 teams, Colorado, and everyone's and like, yeah, Colorado. They don't Boston, Boston College. Who beat USC? Who beat USC? Yeah. And USC lost Arizona State. Therefore, Colorado State is greater than USC. USC. That's how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> and if you say that like... Yeah, I'm not even going to go there with BYU and, no, and Utah stop. State. Nope. nope. Uh, number three, they have fallen now. BYU. The oh. BYU Cougars. Oh, three! From for, one to three. For the first time since week two, after a 41-7 trouncing of the Texas Longhorns, BYU drops to number three in the top five non-Power 5 rankings. Made by BYU people. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. I mean, they're 31 and 32 if you count votes, and I know they're outside the top 25 but I guess they, we should say they would be. There you go. Yeah, yeah, they would. If be. they went beyond, they would be number thirty-two and thirty-one. They're mythically number why thirty-one. They, why don't they do tennis rankings for all college sports? Well, number eighty-four. Yeah, seriously, we joke about it, and it's awesome because it's serious. It's like seventy-first ranked BYU upset fifty-first ranked Wyoming. Would that not give immediate context what? to every college football game? Yes, if all one twenty-eight were ranked every week, <laughs> that would be awesome. number one sixteen we UNLV. One, we should be the ones to do it. Well. Maybe to, we will. I don't want to do that work. That's a ton of work. I don't want to do yeah, that work. No, okay. No. Let's get, let's get some of our... Change my mind uh, very yeah. quickly. Let's get some more people on that. Number our two. We are... Marshall! Five and oh. The no, Thundering was Herd. Led by Rakeem Cato. They have an interesting... They're better than BYU, huh? Almost tricky game Against Middle Tennessee, Tennessee. BYU opponent this week. Yeah, Middle Tennessee is not a bad team. Games you shouldn't care about, but that you might care about this week. That's our new segment. Middle Tennessee. Marshall and Middle Tennessee. Segment over. And the number one team in the top five non-P5. Our ECU matey. Yarg! The Pirates. They're good. Up to number 19 in the Associated Press poll. They're the G5 leader right now. They're the team that is easily... In the front-runner position to make a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah, beat SMU 45-24. So they're 4-1. They keep it going. The undefeateds of the non-P5s. You're looking at Marshall, baby. BYU still 4-1. I think that's getting lost in this. The BYU, unlike 
2010 Utah State game was one and four after that. BYU's four and one. But no, Taysom, I realize that. BYU's going to the Miami Beach Bowl like we all thought uh, for a time. Maybe the New Year's Six if they could win out. That's over. That's over. But BYU at number three this week in the non Top five P5. Some people might be saying, Utah State just beat us. How are they not ranked higher than us? That's a great question. That's a great question. Peak moment for the Aggies, in my opinion. Peak moment. And the low point for BYU. If Utah State had defeated uh, Arkansas State, I would probably slide Utah State in there. Yeah, put them above. They would be 4-1. Number 4 or something. They'd be 4-1. Of course they'd be. But they lost to Arkansas State. And so they're just outside. They are are receiving votes in our top five (laughs) non-P5. Are they? From our national pollsters? (laughs) As is Northern Illinois and Air Force and Boise State. And uh, I'll be honest, Alan Miller in our room, North Dakota State. He's that guy. (laughs) <laughs> the Bison can play football, bison. man. They can play. We're going to BYU football practice we live are? after this. Oh, let's go. Have- BYU Sports Nation is presented proudly by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We are broadcasting in crystal clear radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. You know what you should do tomorrow at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain? Watch After Further Review with exactly. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon as they break down what happened against Utah State and what BYU and Christian Stewart can do Thursday night against UCF. That's Tuesday night, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. If you missed it earlier, we were joined by Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Maddich Monday, college football insider and exclusive here on BYU Sports Nation. We talked about... Yeah, the hard stuff. And he brought up his biggest concern. He agrees with me. It's the defense and the lack of a pass rush. Thought it was interesting that he said, I don't know how much I'm blaming the defensive backs. I'm looking more at BYU's lack of getting to the quarterback. One sack in the last three games. That's no bueno. And BYU appears to be showing their blitzes a little too easily. Their their cards are being shown and then the other team can react. So BYU's got some work to do on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've got some playmakers there. They've got to figure it out. And the question still looms, which we haven't even discussed, which is what's uh, the injury status of Alani Fua, Dallin Levitt, Michael Elisa with the concussion, and so forth. Uh, there's some injuries that BYU needs to figure out right now. If you missed our top five non-P5, download the podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed. I'm serious. It was a really fun segment, and there's a major shakeup. Not going to want to miss that. Download the podcast on iTunes. After further review, again, Tuesday night, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain. What will our guys say about BYU and Utah State? Is an hour enough time to break down the film from that game? I sure hope so, because that's all they've got on Tuesday night. (laughs) That's what we're here for, right? Yeah, we got five hours. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> exactly. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Breaking news into the BYU Sports Nation set. Game time announced for Nevada at BYU, the homecoming game. It will be on ESPN2, 10.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 8.15 Mountain Time kickoff. So a it's late Saturday, kickoff. Saturday, October 18th. But on ESPN2. Mark it down in your calendars. Saturday, October 18th. BYU and Nevada, the homecoming game, will be on the, well, second-tier mothership. On, yep, on ESPN2. I don't like 8.15 starts. I really don't. Another local. late start. But you'll, ta- but you'll take it because you're on ESPN2. That's the cost of business, so you do it. Absolutely. You don't, you don't not. 
You want to know I, it's just like my sleep. That's what I'm talking about. Like, who cares about me? <laughs> this is bigger than your sleep schedule, Jared. Well, but the players like earlier, I think. They don't have to wait all day. Joining BYU Sports Nation live from practice, senior safety Sky Povey. Let's ask him. Sky, you're playing these night games. You had one at 8.15 against Utah State. Now you get another one announced against Nevada. That's going to be an 8.15 local time start. What do you think about uh, playing on ESPN2 at the later hour? Um, you know, I, I mean, a game's a game. We're excited either way. Uh, I think night games are they're a little special. For some reason, I like them under the lights. I think they're fun. Um, I don't know. I, I, I personally like them. I don't have a problem with them. How would practice go today, given everything that happened Friday? It went really, really well. Um, I would say today is probably one of the hardest practices that we've had. I think we had the most effort that we've had in a really long time. And uh, I think we're heading in the right direction. Why did you guys have a great practice? Um, you know, I just think I think we kind of just refocused. I think uh, the Utah State game was a little bit of a wake-up for all of us. And, um, you know, I just think we're trying to refocus and go back to our roots of, you know, being BYU, playing hard, playing assignment sound football. Sky, the quote from your coach, Bronco Mendenhall, on Taysom Hill, the quarterback, was, the doctors knew it was bad when they got in there for surgery. It was worse. Have you spoken with Taysom? And if so, how, how is he doing? What's the word around the locker room? Yeah, yeah, I did a little bit. Um, I was texting him the other night, and uh, I mean, he seems he seems to be doing good. He's a really tough kid. I mean, obviously our heart goes out to him. Um, losing any type of player is hard, but especially a leader like Taysom that has worked so hard. But uh, I mean, if anyone can bounce back from it, it's Taysom, and uh, I think he'll be just fine. What was the moment <clears throat> like when you guys saw him carted off and realized, okay, that just happened, now we have to continue playing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, that affects the team. Anytime a leader goes down like that, uh, you try to just, you know, stay focused on what you need to do. Um, we trust Christian. We do. I 100% back him. He's a great football player. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a blow to us. But, I, you know, I think we're fine now. I think we're ready to go and ready to go to battle with Christian. What kind of a quarterback is Christian Stewart that don't know much about him? Uh, Christian, is he, he's a really good, really efficient thrower. I think um, he did, I mean, obviously that last game, you know, he's put in a tough situation. But um, I've played with Christian now for a couple of years. He throws a beautiful ball. He's, uh, he, he's, he's more athletic, I think, than people give him credit for. He can run the football, so he'll be able to run this offense just fine. And uh, like I said, I, just, I think he's a playmaker. Sky, are you happy to play on Thursday as opposed to wait all the way until Saturday now? Um, you know, uh, it's kind of all the same. I mean, after a game like that, I, it's kind of nice just to be able to just flip around and just, okay, here we go, Central Florida, just focus, get that focus in and just, you know, try to, try to put the other one to bed. With, with that said, East Coast, Thursday game, basically two full days of practice. How are you guys going to handle that in preparation for another big game? Yeah, um, I think anytime there's a short week, I think there really is uh, that urgency to put in more work. Um, like you said, I mean, it's a quick turnaround, so I think we need to put more hours in the film room, harder practices, um, more discipline. All those things are really important in a short week. What are the things that you have seen on film that UCF present to you that are going to be challenges as a defense? Um, I think Central Florida is a good football team. I think it's a good program. They've been good for the last couple of years. They've got a really good quarterback that uh, can extend plays with his legs, and I think they have a couple of receivers that are pretty good. Um, I mean, just like any other Division One football team, they got they got players that can make plays. Where where do you start in trying to get a little bit better of a pass rush? You know, um, to be honest, I don't know. I think it just I think it's on all of us. I think if the DBs, if we can cover a little bit longer, that'll that'll help them get there. I think if uh, maybe we can just come with a little bit more nastiness, you know, off the edge, a little bit more of that kind of want to kill mentality. I think that would help.
What are the team objectives now, Sky, that an undefeated season is out? Bronco has set the three pillars from the time that he was the coach from 2005 to now, that 10 wins, a ranking, a bowl win. Like, What, what are the objectives for the players in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, the past is the past. We can't change what happened at Utah State. That's behind us. The only thing we can try to do now is just focus on each game, win each week. And uh, right now, to be honest, it's just beat Central Florida. And then from then on, we just we move on from there. What's the, uh, what stuck out, I guess, after the game against Utah State that you guys can do better in the secondary? <clears throat> um, I, think, I think I control. You know, I think a lot of those guys, they're playing hard. We're all playing hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of those are – like nobody's taking a playoff. And uh, to be honest, not very many, like none of them are really assignment mistakes. It's just, you know, kind of having dirty eyes looking in the backfield. And I mean, it happens to the best of us. But unfortunately, we play a position that's very exposed. And when it happens, kind of everyone sees it. Can we clear this up <clears throat> once and for all? Is it Pove or Pove? That's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've heard both. And I never even noticed it until I served my mission. I learned accents. And so I got home and I asked. And everyone in my family kind of says it different. So, really? you know, I feel like whatever one you, you feel like, you just go with that. What do you prefer, Sky? Because we want to please you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually just say Sky Pove because I guess it's easier. Where, do, where does the name Sky come from with the S-K-Y-E? S-K-Y-E, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was named, uh, you know, maybe as corny as it sounds, I was named after my mom's eyes. She has, like, really bright blue eyes. There you go. <clears throat> Very good. Okay. Yep. Well, that, that is insider access right there. There you go. <laughs> look, you're number seven. Christian Stewart is number seven. Did you tell him, look, like, you can be the second best number seven on the football team? <laughs> you know, I was just, I was hoping people were thinking it was me out there, you know. I was, <laughs> maybe people are going to think I'm in a queue, but. <clears throat> Very good. Sky Povey with us on BYU Sports Nation. So much has happened over the past 72 hours. What was the reset moment for you and for your team where you're like, okay, stop, we've lamented, we, we've hit the low point. What, when did you hit the reset button? Uh, I would say it was this morning. Um, the weekend was tough. You know, it wasn't fun. Uh, even Sunday, you know, you try to, try to be, uh, have a spiritual Sunday, but you're still a little bit down. And then uh, this morning, though, when we woke up, full go. I mean, let put that to bed. It's over. It's done, and we're we're ready to go. Thursday night game on ESPN. Do you do you guys see this as an opportunity to jump back into the national spotlight? Uh, um, I mean, UCF? yeah, and more than anything, I think we just want to we just want to show who we are. We know that uh, last that last game wasn't not taking anything against Utah State, but that's not us. Um, we didn't really showcase who we are, and I think that we can play a lot better. And we're excited to get out and show that. Was there an emphasis? I, I know I know for a very long time, Bronco and, and Nick Howell, who a lot of people call mini Bronco, it's keep everything in front. How do you do that against speedy receivers that Utah State had and now UCF has? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, to be honest, once again, it goes back to eye control. Um, we have athletes, Rob Daniel, Jordan Johnson. They, I mean, they're just as good as anyone they line up against. And a lot of it really does come down to when you're playing a receiver that has that explosive speed, just one peak in the backfield can end up killing you. So we just got to be assignment sound and keep our eyes clean, and uh, I think we'll, we'll clean that up. Well, Sky Pove Pove, we appreciate the time, <laughs> and uh, good luck on the short week against UCF. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sky Pove, the the number one, number seven on the BYU there you football go. Nice, team. Nice o- observation. Also, uh, ironically enough, a transfer from Snow College. There you go. Like Christian Stewart. By the way, information coming out of uh, post-practice, Taysom Hill's mm. fractured leg, eight screws and a plate were inserted. Every m- major ligament was shredded worse than they thought when the doctor got in there. Okay. 
Well, that it is what it is. Taysom said surgery was successful. He's hopeful. Let's hope he's back for spring ball. Just win, baby. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, Studio B. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Bronco men in halt today after practice at Taysom Hill's broken leg was worse than expected once doctors got into surgery. Doctors inserted a plate and eight screws, and every major ligament was shredded. Ugh. Ugh. After a 35-20 loss, Utah State BYU drops out of both polls. Cougars play UCF Thursday. Countdown to kickoff live, 6.30 Eastern time, Thursday night. No information Cougars by the, in the NFL. Yeah, no information, by the way, on Braden Kersley, Alani Fua, and Dallin Levitt and their ankle injuries. And Michael Lisa's concussion. Yeah, we'll let you know. Back to the NFL. Ziggy Ansah had four tackles in a game the Detroit Lions absolutely should have won. They lost 17-14 to the Buffalo Bills. Cougars in the association. Jameer Fredette scored 17 (laughs) points for the New Orleans Pelicans in a 98-86 win over the Miami Heat in Louisville. Tonight, the Pelicans play at Atlanta. Next, women's volleyball. Number 10 BYU swept Santa Clara Saturday, led by 11 kills from Alexa Gray. The Cougars traveled to Pacific and St. Mary's this week. Soccer. Friday night, the Cougars won 3-2 at San Diego. Big win to open WCC play on the road. The Cougars host perennial powerhouse Portlandia Thursday, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Future guests include Jeff Judkins, our good friend, women's basketball coach, and Blaine Fowler. More who gets on, the rise and show, dude? Who does get the rise and show We're running today? out of time. we got to go. How about, the BYU football team yeah, how about for having team? a great practice today. Nice. How does the BYU offense change now? Continue to send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Thanks to our guests, Trevor Maddich, Sky Povey, everyone on our crew. Oh, and who who gets the rise and shout, by the way? We gave it to the old BYU football. Yeah. Dexter and Dexter, help me need the most, presenting our rise and shout today. That's what's going on right now. (laughs) Hopefully BYU executes better than we did at the end. Shout out to Jared McLaughlin. We're back. (laughs)